0: Welcome to Hope Through Hard Stuff, a podcast from Winning at Home. Please welcome your host, speaker, and award-winning author, Steve Norman. Well, Welcome back to Hope Through Hard Stuff. Our guest today is Sean Colburn. He is the Executive Director of the Bo Richter Center for Calling and Career at Hope College. And I got a chance to meet Sean indirectly through mutual friends a couple years back. And it's a great joy to have him on the show today. Sean, thank
1: you so much for making time. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat today.
0: Sean, for people who uh, aren't familiar with the Bo Richter Center, just give us the give us the thumbnail sketch of what the center is and and a little bit of its backstory.
1: yeah, sure. The Bo Richter Center for Calling and Career is an office that started five years ago at Hope based on the foundational work done by the Career Development Office, which has been around at Hope for a lot of years. A little over five years ago, we received a, a gift from George and Sabbyla Bo Richter. Uh, that really wanted to help us up our game and just do even more for students. And with that, we renamed the center, added some staff, changed the focus to be even more about calling and that discernment part of a student's journey, as well as the, the things you would typically expect that we do as an office. So one of the things that I've said about how we work is we help students with two big transitions related to college. Coming into college, students will have a transition trying to figure out what should I study and I have to pick a major. How am I going to figure that out? And so we help them through that process. And then as they're getting ready to leave college, there's another big transition. What should I do for my first job? And so we help them get ready and figure that out as well. I would love to
0: explore both of those more in sequence. What, what is the process like when you sit down with a 18-year-old, 19-year-old, they're early in their college journey, they're excited about HOPE, they're confident about their choice of an institution, but honestly have no idea about what they want to study or how they want to narrow the, the their focus for the next three and a half years. How what, what does that look like? How does that conversation begin?
1: Well, it's it's great, Steve. I mean, that happens a lot. That was me when I came to HOPE years ago. And just had no idea. That's why I came to Hope because it was a, it's a liberal arts institution where you get a chance to study a lot of things. You don't have to decide right away what you want to major in. But for a lot of students that come in, as you might imagine, that's kind of uh, an opp- an opportunity to explore great things. But it comes with a sense of anxiety, right? Students are kind of coming to a place and they they hear some of their classmates say oh for sure I'm going to go into engineering or I'm going into medicine I know exactly what I want to do but for so many students it's a time when it's unsure for them and that can that can bring some anxiety and so so we'll do a few different things with students to help them through that discernment process and that's that's a word we use and talk about with students as a normal part of figuring out their career goals and their career aspirations.
0: And what are some of the tools or assessments that you use to help students just grow in their self-awareness and and explore, you know, in, in, in in a helpful way what their next step might be?
1: Yeah, one of the things that we'll do is we have students read from a book called Let Your Life Speak by Parker Palmer. And every student will be assigned to read two chapters out of this book as a part of their first year seminar class that they'll have in the fall and this book really gets into introducing this idea of calling, and and you can you can this the word by the way is is so rich and so fascinating, and helping students kind of come get their arms around that and think about what does that mean for them, and then try to connect that that sense of purpose or that sense of that sense of like this is the thing I was made to do, try to c- connect that with with some of the different. Uh, interests and talents they have, and narrow that down even more. So, a couple of the things, you, like you mentioned, things that we'll do, we'll have students go through some assessments. One is called Clifton Strengths, and it identifies the top five personality traits that you have as a human. And everybody has these great talents and traits. And sometimes students will come to college as an 18 year old and they'll not have done any kind of a strength assessment before. So it's such a rich opportunity to share like, well, here are things that you're just naturally gifted at. So pay attention to those. And then there's another assessment that we have here called Pathway U. And this assessment is focused on your interests. And what are the things that you just have this, this curiosity about, this fascination about, and want to learn more about? And you could see yourself doing that for, for part of your career. So when you start to align those strengths. And layer on the top of that, the things that you're interested in, that starts to create a really rich, a really rich set of opportunities that you can talk about and start to explore when it comes to finding your calling. Sean, what have been some fun
0: light bulb moments that you have seen? Again, like ma- maintaining all the confidentiality that, that, that you need to with students, but have there been moments where you've just seen the, the a switch flip and a student kind of get wide eyed and say like oh yeah this makes total sense now
1: so one conversation that i recall with a student she was trying to decide i i think i i love books i love editing i love this idea of going into the publishing business and i can see myself as an editor and at the same time she was taking an accounting class and she said sean this class is fascinating to me and so as as we had this conversation and really started to explore that, it became clear that you know, one of her strengths, one of those, one of those natural traits that she was just really good at and enjoyed was getting into the details. So, right, you can see that in both of those different and both mm-hmm. of those things that sound fascinating too. Well, in accounting, right? You're getting into the details in editing, you're looking for all the little details. Right. So I think this is something that she learned about herself. And then started to explore then, well, like what would those career paths look like? And so she went through Pathway U and started going into some of the career exploration tools there and deciding, well, actually, I, I think this sounds like a great path for me. So that's what 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 happened with her is what I actually really love and encourage for all students. Well, I mean, everybody to do is to really start to Uh, just think about yourself and think about what are things that over the course of your life that just kind of suck you in and you lose track of time while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So, so think about that. So Steve, like for yourself a little bit, think about that. Like as, as you were growing up, are there things that that like when you got into, when you got into something and you were just kind of like in your groove and you had so much fun and you were doing it, you just lost track of time. Yeah. think about something for you. What was that for you? I love to read. Like I would I would completely like
0: nerd out during the summer and and would totally cozy up with a book. And then when there was time in English classes to write reports or write papers, that was something that was always very energizing for me.
1: Okay. So it brought you energy. Yeah. Right. And now okay, now now I'll also ask students the same question. Uh, the, the, The opposite of that is what drains you? Like yeah. think about Steve, like some some jobs you've had or tasks or work that that you you may actually be really good at it, but it just sucks the life out of you when you got to do this yeah. thing. Like, yeah. can you think of something like that for you?
0: Yeah, anything related to numbers. Like, I was never a math person, so when there when it came to turning in expense reports or spreadsheets or you know all that stuff, I, that's where I would I would kind of I would tap out. It was always a little bit uh intimidating for me.
1: So. Uh, I love that. So this is so nice. So when you have gotten into different jobs you've had in your career, you're never going to have a job where you get to do only the fun stuff, right? Right? Only that stuff that energizes you. You're always going to have some part of your job where it's going to be some of that draining stuff too. But if we can help you figure out and help students and and anyone who's like thinking about new career choices, if you can get, so most of that job is the Mm -hmm. stuff that energizes you and you're aware of what that is and you can be actively seeking that, that's when I feel like we're we're helping we're helping each other find a good fit and finding something that, that really is going to be energizing for the long term. It's great to hear you say
0: that, Sean, because I remember in some of the Strength Finders reading, I remember Marcus Buckingham saying once that if you could find a job that 80% of that job were things that were life-giving and energizing in front of you, he's like, that's a dream job. That's an ideal scenario. I think that sometimes we get stuck thinking like, oh no, 100% of it all has to be, perfect. It's got to be up into the right. It's got to be only tasks that I appreciated. And that was, that was a really great clarifier to, for him to say, every job is going to have one out of five days. That's just not going to be fun. And, and, but to be able to say like that, that's okay. And that's maybe a good reality check.
1: Yep. That's right. That's real. And that's all right. Yep. Just like you said. So talk a little bit more about how, so what do you do when you
0: have a student who maybe has this breakthrough and they say, Hey, based on how I'm wired, based on what I'm passionate about, I think I might wanna go this way how do you counsel those students if they have uh, a family environment or well-intentioned parents who are like, nope, I'm paying for this degree, and that doesn't sound, um, you know, realistic to me, or I can't see you making a living wage out of that." I would counsel you to do something elsewhere. And again, I know your job is not to be a family counselor, but well, how do you how do you counsel students when they run up against maybe um, some external expectations that don't completely align with this new understanding that they have about? who they are and what flourishing might look like for them.
1: Yeah. It's so a couple of things come to mind there. If, if you are like interested in a career path and something sounds really interesting, I'm going to tell any student, even if the parents are supportive, I'm going to tell a student, Hey, learn more about that. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of things we'll, we we, we encourage all students to do is to do informational interviews where you call up somebody who does that job for a living now, and you interview them and ask them questions. What do you love most about it? What's a typical day look like? What's something that you don't like about your job? How much do you travel? How much do you have to do this time? Right. So I think that it's it's, it's so important for us to, to just ask questions, right, and reach out to someone who does this thing that we think we want to do. And just to really kind of affirm that, yeah, that is sound, that does sound great. An even better thing to do would be job shadowing, and we'll we'll have we have a we have a program at Hope called Discover Work, where students can go and do spend a a day doing formal job shadowing, walking around, physically being in the space with with alumni who who actually do that work that they think they want the thing that they think they want to do, and that's really affirming. Or it can be also it, it can also confirm that maybe that isn't the thing for me. Right. And so, so number one, I think for students do as much research as you can look at, talk to people, go walk in their shoes for a minute. And also even just looking up, like, what are the prospects for this? Like, what's the job outlook for this kind of profession? Is it a bright job outlook? Are there likely to be jobs in the future? What's the average salary? Right. I think these are things that are, that are important for students to research. So then, and then as they're going and talking to their parents, let's say they can come, they can come back with, with like, hey, guess what? You know, I really learned that this type of this type of job it would fit me. It fits me perfectly, and the job prospects for this aren't as bad as the conventional wisdom might be. In fact, here's some trends going on. So I think if students have more information to be able to talk to to loved ones just about what they they feel like they want to do, I think there's there are times that that may just be enough for a, for a parent to say, okay, I didn't realize that about this thing that you want to do. And by the way, I do. You know, parents do want to see students succeeding and and using their talents and gifts. and, And so that would be a strategy that I would certainly recommend.
0: Okay. Sean, talk about the second kind of aspect of what you do. When you take in students who are getting ready to enter the workforce, what is what does that discernment process look like? What what questions are you encouraging them to ask?
1: So there's a lot that we do in terms of helping prepare our resumes, your online profiles, writing cover letters. The, by the way, it's just, it's amazing um resumes, right? That These are things that my parents, your parents did, created years ago. You would think by now we'd have a new thing that have displaced the resume. We actually don't. The companies still look at one-page resumes and sure. it's, so anyway, this is, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fascinated by that. But it's, so anyway, students need to make sure that they're good at that. Make sure you've got a really good resume. Um And preparing with some practice interviews, helping get ready for those, for that interview process, getting internships is another really good way to get some experience to add to your resume, to get ready to launch into that, into that profession. But one of the things that I do feel sometimes can be uh, a bit of a, a bit of a hurdle or a stumbling block is kind of holding out for that perfect job, Mm -hmm. right? I think there's, of course, we'd all love to graduate from college and, and go straight into our dream job, but as as ask anyone, did that happen for you, Steve? It didn't happen for me. I don't, <laughs> no. no. So it, it, so this this doesn't happen. And I think that's just important to say: like your first job is not your dream job. So potentially lower your expectations a little bit in terms of what what you think you need to do right away. Um, And also another way to think about it is your first job is a continuation of your learning. You're going to get into a job and you are going to learn so much that you didn't learn in college, just about the the workforce, about relating to others, about different parts of an organization, different parts of a line of work. And so if you kind of give yourself a break for a second and don't try to find that perfect job right away, but consider it as... Continued learning, then I think that is a good healthy way to jump into that post-graduation opportunity.
0: Sean, it seems like a couple of generations ago, people would lock into careers or companies or tracks that could sustain them for decades. Like I, I only ever remember my dad having, you know, one job from when I was born to when to when he retired. And we're it doesn't seem like we're living in that kind of world anymore what what do you say to students who might feel you know like they did their first job they paid their dues but how do you, how do you help them pivot to other roles that might be um, a better fit for a new season of growth and challenge, but at the same time, not be somebody who's so disillusioned that they're, they, they, they've never, they never took turn off the job search feature on LinkedIn. Like they can never settle into where they are because they're always looking for the next thing. And maybe that maybe the downside of that is that they don't hold any one job for more than, you know, two,
1: two to three years. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. The, the generation that has that has gone before us, I think, were that potentially that generation that worked for one company for forty years. Yeah, we're just uh, you know certainly you and I aren't in aren't in that mode, um, and I certainly the students coming into the job market right now are not going to be in that kind of a situation either. Now there there may be a few of us that go in the same profession for forty years, but just work at different companies. That's that's not as unheard of and more so i think it is what you're sensing is people are switching professions more often than than even companies and so that would be something that's it's kind of a new world that's maybe maybe hard to figure out how do i navigate that and and how do i do this one thing that i will draw a picture of sometimes is there's a line from where I am now to a star that's kind of up on the top corner of like, this is my dream. I want to be up here at this dream job. And we all kind of think going into this, that the place from where I am now to that star is a straight line, right? I totally thought that when I was getting ready to graduate from college, I thought, okay, that's the job I want. I just got to figure out how to get on that line. But when you ask Pretty much anyone who's worked for a couple of decades and and I've done that, like as I've actually drawn out and told my story, like it starts going and then it drops off. And then all of a sudden it kind of swirled over here and then it spiraled for a minute and then it went this direction. And and then you end up in this spot. It's actually a different star. I ended up in a different place than where you thought you wanted to be to begin with, but it's so much better. And you're so thankful for all the, the messy path that you had to go on to get there. Does that was that your story? Steve, I mean, do you feel does that oh. resonate for you? A thousand percent. One of
0: my favorite verses is one in Proverbs. that says a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? And when I, t- to your point, when I look in the rearview mirror, there were so many twists and turns and divots. And I'm like, none of this makes any sense. But then when you can zoom out and look at the arc of it, you say, well, of course it had to pan out that way. Like there were, there were hidden gifts and blessings all along the way. That I just, I didn't have eyes to see when I was in the middle of the storm. Does that make
1: sense? Well, yes. Right. And I think that, Sharing this with, with others, and especially young people, just helping them recognize that, guess what? What you think is going to happen actually isn't going to happen. It's going to be messy. And that messy journey isn't necessarily a bad journey. And it's going to be okay. The I'll actually ask this question when we have prospective students come visit Hope and their parents will be with them. And I'll give an overview of my office. And the question I'll throw out there is, hey, um, parents how many of you are doing something different than what you thought you were going to do when you were 18 years old? And like almost all the hands go up, right? So this is, it's more common than we think. And I think just letting young people know that, you know what, it's it's okay. And it's going to be, it's going to be a different path. It's fine. So back to your question though, like how do you continue to find those things that, you know, you're not just job hopping every year or two, right? You know, how do you find a path that actually does feel like it's working towards something and not just a, a full mess that then kind of spirals down and and, then, and you're not doing anything. Um, I I think it, I'll always go back to, are you doing that thing that you're passionate about? And are you using the gifts that God gave you? Right? I think one of the things that we will talk about is the whole idea of calling. When you look at the, when you look at references in the Bible of where People were called to do things. There's some big examples, right? You've got a burning bush calling Moses to go set my people free. We've got the blinding light that told Paul you, you've got to be a disciple for my building my church. And so, those big audible voice of God kind of moments aren't happening when it comes to what job I should do. Like I think I think we all kind of wish that that it would be that obvious for us. Our God is not the God that has this secret and it's hidden. And it's it's hidden to the point where we have to discern that and we have to, by the time we're 18, we have to figure that out. If we miss it, if we get the wrong one, we're going to lead a life of misery. That's wrong. That's 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 not the God we live for. That's that doesn't make sense. So if you kind of look back at references in the Bible, times of big calling are all about building God's kingdom. And ultimately, that's what he wants for us. And ultimately in our career and in our life, by the way, which doesn't have to be everything we do in our life is related to a paycheck, right? There are things that that we're going to be doing to build God's kingdom. Now, the things that we actually do to get a paycheck, I think God's probably okay if we have if we have some variety in that and if we have some of our own choice. I don't think this divine revelation of a job as much of a thing as some of the young people may think it is when we're going into this journey.
0: It's so helpful to hear you say that, Sean, because I think that there's sometimes where we say, well, yeah, in a perfect world, my job would, you know, use all my skills and, and fulfill these deep longings and give me opportunity for connection and mentoring and, and service and all of these, like all everything, it's the perfect job smoothie. And there, sometimes there are seasons based on other things that are going on in your life. Maybe you've got ailing parents, or maybe you would Wanted to move to a different city where you could have more influence in your industry, but but you're limited here by parenting or marriage or extended family circumstances. There, there, there are some seasons, and I don't know what it's been like for you, there are some seasons where you're like, okay, right now, this is a job that gives me health insurance, and it gives my family stability while we figure some other stuff out. And sometimes, like I, again, I don't mean to sound crass, but in air quotes, sometimes just a paycheck, there's there's nothing criminal about that for a season if you're doing something that you feel like you're contributing in and is a
1: is a match for your skill set. Is that is that fair? Yeah, it's totally fair. Yeah, and I think you know, like like you said, what's the long game? Like what's the bigger picture here? Right? As this may be leading to something, I think that we've all experienced seasons of life, and it certainly relates to jobs as well. as like. God, why am I here? Why am I doing this thing right now? This doesn't make any, I don't see the big picture. Well, and then, and then it takes five, 10 years when we look back like, oh, yeah, that's why I went through that. That's why I did that job for a little while. Yeah. 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 That's pushed, that's pushed me to this thing that I never would have explored if I hadn't gotten laid off from that opportunity. Or, you know, so I think these times of question and doubt, it goes back to when we have a God that we trust and we know that, has plans for us to prosper and, and and not bring harm, then we can go into these seasons of uncertainty and, and go into those with a sense of like, okay, I know this is going to lead to something else. I know this is temporary, and, and I'm still going to keep looking for ways to um, use my gifts and use the talents God's given me. I'm just going to keep charging ahead good Sean I don't know what it's
0: been like for you but one one insight and I don't know where I heard this over the years it's been very helpful for me is sometimes when we think about calling we think in terms of role like this this is the this is the income you know bracket this is the title this is what goes on my business card and somebody told me they're like sometimes it's also helpful to think in terms of themes. Like what, what's a theme that that is, is true to kind of my story back to that Parker Palmer? What, what is my life saying regardless of the role? Like, and, and is it possible that some of our themes transcend roles? Like to use a biblical example, like Peter was a career fisherman. It was a family business. Everybody had reason to believe that he would retire, carrying on, you know, his his father's profession. And Jesus was like, hey, Peter, the fishing theme is we're still going to maintain that motif. We're going to pivot. Instead of fishing for fish, you're going to fish for people. And everything that you learned about that will be helpful here. You mentioned Moses, like Moses was a shepherd in the desert uh, before, and he had 40 years of practice before he shepherded a million people through the desert. Similar skill set, but a completely different scope and, and tone to it. How,
1: how does that strike you? Yeah, I love that. That's right. And, and I would definitely encourage students to think that way too, young people, as you're thinking about what, what is it that I want to do? Well, um, maybe instead of being locked in on, I want to be a nurse or mm-hmm. a doctor, what if my, my calling is more to be a healer, somebody that can help bring help to others? Well, there's dozens of different things you can do with that kind of definition of your calling and your purpose. You don't have to lock in on a specific job title. So good. Sean,
0: what do you say to to students or families or or colleagues who feel overwhelmed? Like they, they've taken the instruments, they've done the tests, they've worked the discernment process as best they know how, but they're still feeling a little bit lost and discouraged. What do you say to people who are experiencing a, a setback or maybe a, a brick wall when it comes to their discerning process when it comes to career and calling?
1: Yeah. I think, I think if someone, if if you're feeling like, ah, oh, man, where do I go from here? Let me share a story. For me, it was, it was in 2006. I was in a job in the Detroit area. I was working at an automotive plant doing labor relations work. It was not a job that I enjoyed, but it was, I was learning so much. Like it was one of those jobs. I learned a ton in that job. And I, I look back on that with some fond memories, but at the time I was, I felt kind of stuck. I was hoping to do something completely different and I wasn't there. And so I asked uh, my uncle, who's a counselor, and I said, what uh, you get? What do you think? And he said, well, Sean, you should read this book. It's called What Color Is Your Parachute? And that's a pretty popular book when it comes to career discernment. And I would recommend it, by the way. So What Color Is Your Parachute? And, and by doing that, I took time to take a step back and just go through a, like a, a season of discernment. And just start to realize like, what, what is the thing that I feel like I could do? Or what are some paths that feel like I could just, you know, get re-energized with a sense of passion around doing this other kind of a thing? And so I did that. And through that process, I kind of figured out, well, I could keep going as a human. I was a human resource professional at the time. I, that's one path, keep going with human resources. Another path that sounded interesting to me was being in consulting, and so I thought, well, maybe that's a different path. Um, one other path that came up was um, helping universities educate students uh, in in a way that brought alignment with their education, helping improve the alignment between universities and the workforce. And mm-hmm. so that was a thing back in 2006 that just caught my attention. Like, yeah, I could I could get into that. That'd be fun. So so then I started um, I started networking and I started talking to people who did some of these different things. And that led to additional time of additional consideration of different options, and ultimately I ended up uh, shortly after that in a job at a startup company that was doing HR software in Grand Rapids. And so, what's interesting though is during that time of discernment back in 2006, I actually identified a career track that didn't really pop up again until 2018, which is when I started this job here at Hope, which was the whole idea of how can I work like in a university setting to help, help align what students are learning with their futures. And so uh, I I guess I look back at that. So a couple of lessons to answer your question, take time to discern and really just like, think about where, where am I going and where do I want to go? Reframe your experience a little bit like you talked about with recognizing, that, like with Moses, right. And Peter, like, this is what I've been doing, but I could reframe my experience to go into this other field by looking at my past experiences in a slightly different way that I have and saying, well, you know, I was doing HR work, but actually I did a ton of work with with, uh, internal customers. Now, how do I work with external customers? Like it's some of the skills are pretty much the same, right? So reframing that. And then the third thing would just be networking, talk to people, Get out there, reach out to friends, reach out to family members, and just tell me more about what you do, or tell me more. Is there someone else that you would recommend I could talk to? And it just starts to not only provide encouragement but just open doors as well.
0: That's that's great. I just I, I love that you said that, and I think that even you saying, "Hey, sometimes that you've got a you've got a dream or you've got an idea, and it might it might be a eight years, twelve years, fifteen years before that fully materializes, and for you to be able to say." if you have if you can take the long view and you're fully convinced at your core that none of those experiences are wasted like everything is a gift that even if it's you're not seeing an immediate ROI there's a potential return in the future that that can allow you to to really wrestle through it all with a sense of of hope uh of anticipation and with confidence yep i love it so, so you're 5 years into the Boerter Center have you had any have you had any students who have recently graduated that you're you've seen them land in a job or they've been in the workforce for 3 or 4 years and they've come back to check in and say hey uh, you were with me at a formative part of my journey and I wanted you to see where where it's led have you have you had any feedback from satisfied customers
1: I have I have just started to get some of that feedback and it's been from students who are just graduated or uh, are just or like maybe one year out and it has been one of the most rewarding things in my job to to just receive that gratitude and just just to realize you know I played a small part and potentially like introducing the student to a company that they wouldn't have thought about interviewing at before it's just a great part of my job that I love that I get to experience this yes Sean,
0: if people are curious about the center, uh, how how they can get involved, maybe they've got a, a company that could use interns, or maybe they want to contribute uh, to the to the cause, how can they get more information?
1: Yeah, the quickest way would be to go to our website. It's hope.edu slash and I should probably spell that because it's, it, you may not guess the spelling correctly. It's B-O-E-R-I-G-T-E-R. So hope.edu slash Borrector. And that gets us to our website. We have listed on there opportunities for alumni, for employers, or for students to connect with us and, and what we're doing. Great, Sean, thanks again for the great work that you're doing and thanks for your time today. Thanks so much, Steve, this was a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to Hope Through the Hard Stuff. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe to it, rate and review it, and then share it with others. Winning at Home offers hope through counseling and coaching, motivational speaking, community events, and other media resources. If you believe in what we do and want to support us in our mission, consider making a donation at winningathome.com.